You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. If you don't have a free account yet, what are you waiting for? BlueprintMCAT.com. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? Hello. Good. How are you? I am <laughs> great. For having me. Yeah, you're welcome. What can I help you with? All right. So I just had a couple pretty simple questions for you uh, in regards to my pre-med journey. Um, so I have somewhat of a non-traditional background. I actually, I actually went to community college first before going to a four-year school. And going into the application cycle, I'm just a little bit worried that having taken all of my prerequisites at a community college is going to somehow hold me back. Um, I've seen mixed things on the internet about this. Um, most, some people say it doesn't matter. Others say it does matter. I think at one point, a pre-med advisor told me I should think about retaking all my prereqs at the four-year <laughs> school I go to now. And I just thought that that was kind of overkill, to say the least. But <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to get your take on that. Yeah. Um, I, the answer is all over the place because there are over 200 medical schools in this country and they all have different processes and biases and they'll, they will hold that against you or they won't. So there, there isn't mm -hmm. one straightforward answer, unfortunately. So the, okay. the question ultimately is, do you want to retake your courses or are you okay with applying to medical schools, knowing that some of them will hold that against you? And and maybe consider you quote unquote lesser than. Um, well, I do not want to retake all of my courses. Okay. Um, I think my performance across the board has been exceptionally strong from a grade perspective. So, uh, I mean, I've exceeded in my upper level classes, even though I've taken my foundational lower level awesome. classes at the community college. So upper I don't think upper level science. Uh, upper level chemical engineering courses and okay. chemistry and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah. So yeah, I think like probably won't bio and probably won't okay. hurt you, right? Big okay. picture, big picture probably won't hurt you. Um, very likely won't hurt you. Will it hurt you at a specific school? Maybe. Okay. Can I give you a list of okay. those schools? No. <laughs> right. It's just impossible. Other than maybe uh, Northwestern. In, in Chicago because they make it pretty clear that community college courses are weaker than in, in their eyes, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Okay. But for the most part, you don't think it's going to be a major issue? No. No. As long oh. as you, you did okay. well at, at community college and you continue to do well at the four-year university and you're taking upper division science courses, you're showing that you can handle it just fine. Okay. I'll keep that in mind going forward. Um, and then my next question is, um, so I kind of have like a one academic skeleton in my closet, so to speak. I did have one really poor semester a few years ago. Um, I did take a few science courses then, um, but I'm just wondering, will one poor semester, considering all my other grades are straight A's everywhere else, it, it's clearly an academic discrepancy. I just want to know how much you think that would hold me back. Yeah, I, I am one that believes in one grade, one semester, even one year doesn't, doesn't define you. Uh, the fact that you have time between when that semester was and now is is good, right? And you have evidence, more recent evidence supporting academic capability uh, is good versus okay. your bad semester is happening right now and you're applying to medical school right now, right? Then, right. then there's a big question mark of like, uh-oh, what's going on? 
But if you had a bad semester and it's several years ago, and since then you've had many good semesters, it shouldn't be a problem. Okay. The, the only, okay. the only um, place where it may be a problem is if those poor grades that you received are in your prereqs and you, uh, you don't have passing grades for the prereqs that are required. Then there's yeah, then no, you, I, yeah. you may need to retake some of those courses. Okay. No, I didn't fail anything. It's just it was unlike my usual performance. I took a W in a microbio course, and then I got B minuses in Orgo two and Calc two. So no, it wasn't terrible. But it's not when terrible I had at all. Everywhere else, <laughs> yeah, it looks just weird. You know what I mean? And I just I was very sick that semester, and I didn't. I was too stubborn to reach out to my professors, and I've learned a lot since then. I'm not invincible Good. and whatnot, but it was just it was silly of me. Yeah. Um, okay, now let's talk about MCAT scores. Yeah. I got a 506. Okay. I was not that pleased. Um, I do have a very solid GPA and a very rigorous major. How is that going to hurt me, if at all? Uh, I wouldn't say it hurts you. I think it's just, it's going to, again, depend on the medical schools. Right. Each okay. individual medical school reviews their applications the way that they review their applications. If they're using a rubric to score your application, then you're, the 506 is going to land in whatever scoring category that is, and they're, you're going to get that many points. A higher mm-hmm. MCAT score always helps, period, end of story. Okay. So if you have really stellar stats, which it sounds like you do grade-wise, and you have a kind of above average, but uh, above average total um, MCAT score, but a below average in terms of matriculance uh, MCAT mm-hmm. score. How is that going to hurt you? It, it, again, it just depends on the medical school and how they integrate the MCAT into their their process. Okay. Yeah, why? Why based based on your GPA? Why did you struggle with the MCAT? Were you expecting a five hundred six? No, I was expecting, I was like getting around a 510 when I was taking my practice exams. Okay. Um, I don't know why I got a 506. Okay. I thought my performance so not was drastically be different, but right. Yeah. Cause a lot of people are like, I got a 520 on my full length exams. And then I came out with a 500. Like that's a huge dis- discrepancy, but 506 to 510, not, not drastic. Yeah, not drastic. So I don't know, maybe it was just test anxiety or I'm not sure what it was. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but. You know, it is what it is. So yeah. I'm just, it's one of the things that I'm worried about going into the cycle, but, uh, you know, I'm going to do my best otherwise. Um, yeah, because I'm applying now. So I don't know. I have to, like, you know, send them my scores and everything. So it's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then another question. So uh, when I'm writing my personal statement and any, any activity essays, is it okay if I use, the fake name of a patient and like a personal statement, like obviously for HIPAA reasons, right? I don't want to put their real name, but if I just put like in Correct. quotes, like, Oh, Tom yep. had this condition. And that's, that's what, what I recommend. That's perfectly acceptable. Yep. Okay. Cause I want to make it a little bit more personal. Not just, I don't want to just not name any names and yep. then it feels kind of dry, you know? Exactly. Um, all right. And then another question. So should I, uh, cut my hair? What do you think? No. Going into the cycle for interviews now because I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, no. I just don't be want yourself. them to get the wrong impression of me. Really? Okay. Yeah, be yourself. Because I mean, some people say like, "Oh, it's a very conservative profession, and you don't want to rub your interviewer the wrong way or something." And it's like it's kind of sad. I like my hair. Right <laughs> yeah, I, I maybe would shave because you have like more of a shadow versus an actual beard. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but but yeah, keep your hair. I mean, it, it it's it's you. So okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, um, the, the also, question the question to follow up is: Are you going to be comfortable getting into a place where you can't be who you are? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah I would feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, you know? so I don't. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, it, it it may be worthwhile as as you're kind of going through this process to potentially look at uh, if schools have any kind of student handbooks uh, in terms mm-hmm. of dress code and and professionalism crap that says you're not allowed to have uh males are not allowed to have hair past their shoulders right um yeah that, that may easily check off some some rules for you or some schools for you rather yeah i looked into some least the ones i'm applying to and i don't see anything so i'm assuming that i wouldn't i wouldn't fine. expect it but you you never know i'm yeah. sure there's some schools out there that have something yeah, yeah, I'm guessing so. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. And yeah, usually I'm more clean shaven. I'm just working a lot of hours, so yeah. I work outside and stuff. So my looks aren't really necessary for like laying concrete and stuff, you know. So whatever. But um, yeah. Uh, okay, and then also, so I one of the aspects of my application that I would say is lacking is my research experience. I really haven't gotten involved in anything, any any research at all. I'm gonna do it next year, but by that point, I already have sent out my applications. Um, I do have, you know, a lot of service hours, a lot of experience and volunteer uh, activities and serving my community and a few hundred hours at the hospital, you know, some active hands-on volunteering. Um, do you think the lack of research is going to significantly hold my application back or, you know, do I have other strong points that can kind of carry me across the finish line? Yeah, to me, research is the most overrated part of the application, according to pre-meds. So lack yeah. of research, to me will will basically hold nobody back even at research heavy institutions so okay i, I, I think yeah. be be yourself be authentic and the fact that you don't have research just is fine there are other ways to show inquisitiveness and uh interest in kind of driving forward science and without needing to to do quote-unquote research okay yeah, because I was looking at the MSAR and a lot of the schools, they have like 80 plus percent of people Correct. who have done research. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess I'm the one that's one out of five where I haven't done any. And yeah. I kind of worried me a little bit, you know? Yeah, that, that's what every student looks at. And th- and that's why they they make this prediction that, oh, you have to have research. But that's not what that number says at all. Just mm-hmm. that just shows that people are doing research. Most of them are doing research because they look at the MSAR and see that, oh, I have to do research. And so they go do research. And so that number is just a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I never did it because, I don't know, I was just kind of focused on other things, volunteering and some clinical work. And I don't really have a passion for it from what I see. Because I know a lot of people who do research. I go to a good research school, but it just, it's not something that I was like, oh, let me just do research. Like it never really sparked my interest on that level. Although I do appreciate science, but not enough to, you know, get involved heavily with research in my school, but I'm going to give it a try anyways. I think it'd be a good experience, would well-round me a little bit, um, but it's not going to be anything significant, like a publication or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess, uh, I mean, that, that's pretty much all my questions. Um, but I did just want to ask one last one. And just, I don't know if you want to give me any advice going into this application cycle, because I'm working on my primaries right now. I'm going to start looking into the secondary essays, trying to pre-write some of them in advance. Um, that way, when they start coming out in June, I'm not totally overwhelmed. Um, I don't know. What advice would you have for me going into this application cycle? Same advice I give everyone, right? Just be authentic, okay. tell your story, 
Yeah. Just just go. Do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm applying to a lot of schools, so it's gonna be a lot of writing, but my advice lose, lose don't apply to don't apply to more than twenty five schools is my advice. Okay. Well I'm applying to twenty just because okay. I qualified for their fee waiver program and I get twenty three applications. Perfect. So I'm just gonna shoot my shot and, and then I, a couple of osteopathic programs as well. So good ones on the East Coast. Sounds good. Oh uh, yeah. But yeah. But anyways, that's so that's all I have for you, Dr. Gray. Thank you for your time. Yeah, you're welcome. Good luck. All right, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. If you want a podcast dedicated to everything pre-med, go check out The Pre-Med Years at medicalschoolhq.net.